G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, when you are a Christian and you look closely at what the Bible will be teaching about various of the issues that are shaping our nation, you want to be sure that those things that you are gleaning from the Scriptures are in fact true, and that is a true expression of God's Word on the issues that matter most. One of those biggest issues that we've been talking about a lot on 2020, of course, has to do with marriage. Well, every now and then you'll notice a news story that might pop up in the headlines of someone who is disputing what the Bible says about marriage. One of those appeared in the media earlier this week, and let's have some discussion about it. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch joining us once again. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, this particular article appeared earlier in the week. An academic whose name is Robin Whitaker, a lecturer in biblical studies at a Melbourne university. What are your thoughts about the way sometimes academics reflect on the way that the Bible speaks about marriage? Well, it all depends on where they're coming from, of course. If you're a theological liberal who doesn't believe the Bible and is pushing uh, leftist agendas, well, we know where they're going to go. And obviously, as Christians who do take the Word of God seriously, we have to uh, give a short shrift to this kind of what we call theological revisionism. They're simply revising the Bible and theology to suit their own needs. And in this particular case, she was attacking Margaret Court, who your listeners would know, had just previously came out in defense of biblical marriage and said we should not be running with fake marriage, homosexual marriage. And, of course, she was attacked severely by all the usual suspects, and uh, this so-called theology prof uh, was one who ended up writing pieces that got into our newspapers, the uh, ABC, not surprisingly, <laughs> quite happy to... Uh, run with it as well. So we see, again, uh, the left uh, really doesn't like Christianity. Uh, Outlets like the ABC, in fact, hate Christianity, but they're always happy to run with a left-wing Christian, especially if they're pushing something like homosexual marriage. Well, Bill, as soon as you say the Bible teaches that marriage is between one man and Mm -hmm. one woman, uh, and that there are all sorts of other sideline issues uh, with sexualities. Uh, what this particular woman is claiming is that uh, is that the Bible is full of all sorts of permissible sexualities, mm. and that uh, in the case of Margaret Court, she was saying she should stop taking the Bible so literally. Yeah. Uh, there are times when we don't take the Bible very literally, but uh, what about these particular uh, ways that uh, when we point to sexualities in the Bible? Oh, look, this is just a tired old uh, objection, which is raised by the revisionists all the time. In fact, back in 2011, uh, some of you might know, I wrote a book on this called Strained 
relations. I looked at the whole issue of homosexuality, the second half of which was all the biblical and theological data, and I actually had a big section there called Ten Ploys of the Theological Revisionists. And uh, mind you, this gal, Robin, uh, has hit just about every one of these ten. So it's nothing new, nothing, you know, these guys think they're coming up with some earth-shattering objection to the Bible, and they've made a slam-dunk point, and, you know, yawn, yawn. It's the same old tired objections that have been answered hundreds of times before. I certainly answered them all in my book, but she pulls them out again, thinks she can get away with it, so she'll run with stuff like, oh, yeah, but some of the people in the Bible were polygamists. They had more than one wife, so obviously... God is not into this monogamous heterosexual marriage. Uh, you know, it's foolish. We see all kinds of stuff in the Bible. Well, as I had to point out again in a piece, as well as in my book of six years ago, um, you know, anybody who has any amount of intelligence knows that the Bible often describes things that it does not prescribe. That is, it may talk about things happening murder, adultery, fornication, polygamy, and so on. But just because it discusses them doesn't mean it approves of them. In fact, it's quite clear when you read all the accounts, especially in the Old Testament, of those like Solomon and others who fell into uh, having many wives, well, that led to their downfall. In fact, that's exactly what Scripture says, that the heart of Solomon was led away by all of his foreign wives, and in Deuteronomy, it clearly says a king should not take for himself many wives. So this idea that, oh, the Bible is full of polygamy, therefore it's just fine, as is homosexuality, it's, that's weak as water. But that's the best that these uh, revisionists can come up with. Well, of course, uh, when we take Solomon as the example, the Bible contains extremes. I mean, when we talk 900 wives, we're talking extreme here. But, Bill, I, I imagine that on some theological reflection in the Scriptures, uh, it wasn't intended to be that from the beginning. And Jesus himself reinforces uh, that marriage is between one man and one woman. Yeah, absolutely. It's clear from the opening chapters of Genesis, goes all the way through into the closing chapters of Revelation. And as you say, Jesus affirmed it. He quoted from Genesis. He said, you know, one man, one woman coming together. That is always God's intention for human sexuality. End of story. Anything outside of that is wrong. So that's been the consistent theme of the Bible throughout the whole 66 books. So to try to pretend this is not is just kidding ourselves. And, of course, you could go on where Paul talks about, you know, the leader should be the husband of one woman and so on. So you, there's just no way you can get any kind of justification for things like polygamy or things like homosexuality. Whenever they're mentioned in Scripture, they're looked down upon extremely, certainly homosexuality. So for these guys that try to rewrite the Bible to suit their own uh, radical left agenda, sorry, it doesn't work, and it's been answered time and time again. Uh, you said there was 10 points on your yes. list, and uh, when we talk polygamy, uh, well, that's one point that yep. people like to raise as an objection. Yep. Uh, what about some of the others? I mean, <laughs> the Bible's an old book. It's so old, you can't really trust it. That's right. 
Oh, look, that's that's common. You hear it all the time. You know, why should we take our advice, sexual or otherwise, from such an ancient book? Well, you know, since when does truth get determined by the page of a calendar? I would imagine two plus two equaled four, you know, 5,000 years ago, just like it does today. If something is true, it's it's true for all times, all people, all places. So simply the fact that the book is old means nothing. The question is, what is expressed in it? And if it's expressing truths of God, well, it doesn't matter how old it is. God's truths never date, but trendy men's theories and fads do. (laughs) So I'd rather stick with the unaging uh, truths of God instead of the passing fads of men. So, yeah, that's another one. Uh, another common ploy of the revisionist is to take something like Paul's word in Galatians 3.28. Right there he talks about in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, as if that has any bearing on this issue. Sure, in Christ, no individual, uh, you know, whether they're, whatever their social status, uh, it doesn't matter. We are one in Christ, but that has nothing to do with sexual relationships. He's not saying there, it doesn't matter if you're a fornicator or adulterer or homosexual, we're all one in Christ. That's certainly not what he's saying. So again, these are such lame and utterly foolish objections that they raise, but they think they're being pretty clever to raise them, and the ABC will happily run with it, as will the Sydney Morning Herald and so on. Bill, oftentimes when someone who is an academic, and they might have more letters after their name than you do, uh, there is a certain sense, isn't there, when people have letters after their name, uh, somehow rather there is an assumed extra level of credibility. But when we're talking mm-hmm. about this sort of revisionism, yep. uh, which we usually talk about when we're, when we're discussing history, but revisionism when it comes to the Bible, uh, letters might not be so important here. There's a certain uh, level of credibility that has grown up with the way people think about the way that the Bible is interpreted. Absolutely right. Uh, I mean, we speak of educated fools. I mean, simply having a lot of uh, uh, letters behind your name means nothing. The question is, are you uh, wise according to Scripture, or are you just going off on your own uh, on your own agenda? So uh, here we have to uh, acknowledge that she may have, uh, you know, some academic background, but it's sadly been a bad kind of background, and she needs to... Uh, She needs to uh, uh, get back to the Bible and stop uh, with all of her man-made theories. Right. Well, Bill, it's good getting your insights, and no doubt there'll be listeners who want to read your article because they may be familiar either with the one we've been talking about today or articles that occasionally pop up in the media written by people who are academically minded and wanting to put their two bobs worth in, which challenges the whole tradition of Christianity. Uh, So we'll point people to your article, and you can simply Google Culture Watch, or you can go to BillMuhlenberg.com and check out the article called More Bible Twisting and Theological Revisionism. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. Many thanks. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.